Podcasting from the Bend and Show Space Relay Opening Rise. This is Section 31, Gallery Intelligence for You on Star Trek CCG. Now reporting in, Operative Dan. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> All right. Welcome to Section 31. Uh, this week, I'm still Dan Hammond. However, Rogue is in the midst of the annual prepping for the Comic Con uh, and the, the, the threading of the needles. So he is not going to be joining us. So joining me tonight is. Matt Kirk. Greetings. Welcome in. Uh, Matt was at the North American Continentals last weekend. Um, right? Yeah. I'm, it's funny to say last weekend because I was there yesterday. I mean, technically I was there today, but <laughs> yeah, yesterday, yeah, last weekend, two days ago. Excellent. So uh, I will be peppering Matt with questions about what went down. Um, and uh, that's probably going to be the limit. Uh, we'll talk about the play test as well that you did. Uh, was that Sunday? Was that yesterday? That was yesterday. That was yesterday, right? <laughs> yesterday. All right. Very good. Uh, and um, I think we'll just go from there. So, uh, tell me about the trip. How long have you been planning on to go out to this uh, this the shindig in the Midwest? Um, the thought had entered my mind probably mm, uh, February or March or so. Uh, I had sent Jeremy Benedict a note on. Uh, the tr- on the track boards and said, you know, hey, do you have any floor space that I could perhaps inhabit that might, you know, make this financially feasible? And he said, oh yeah, come on out, we got a, we got a guest room and the whole thing. And I said, oh, all right. And he said, just if you don't mind cats. And he said, yeah, cats are fine, whatever. Um, so went ahead and uh, took a couple of months to uh, save up a couple uh, some, uh, some money for the plane ticket and uh, set it all up. And there was a lot of waiting. <clears throat> I uh, got the plane ticket probably June or so. So it was, it was about six weeks. of. Uh, I was testing a lot. I knew I was going to play in the, at least the Tui Continentals. Um, and I, it was a very last-minute decision to even bring a 1E deck. I, I had no wherewithal of uh, what would have been going on recently. So I just kind of grabbed an old deck and made sure that it wasn't missing anything uh, important. So I uh, flew out on Thursday and got picked up by Jeremy at the airport on uh, Thursday afternoon, about four o'clock. Stopped by his place briefly to drop off bags, and then we were off for uh, the day zero event, which was uh, he works at a kind of vintage arcade type place called Fallout Shelter Arcade. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you remember any of the old virtual world sites back from the late 90s, early 2000s with the uh, Battletech and the Red Planet and old school LAN. Anyway, uh, you jump in a big enclosed pod and you have a large uh, screen in front of you with lots of um, supplementary screens. And if you're playing Battletech, you're, it's that universe. You're in a giant robot shooting missiles and lasers trying to blow each other up. The Red Planet is uh, an f- alternate future with uh, racing cars on uh, Mars, and uh, that was lots of... I-, I enjoyed Red Planet a lot more. Most everybody else was more interested in Battletech, and that was okay, because they had two different uh, sets of uh, vehicles available. So uh, Jeremy and I played with some Red Planet. Most everybody else was playing Battletech. We teamed up to do some group stuff every once in a while, but uh, that was a good time. I did not have a good time that evening. Um 
there was something that I had ingested that day that made my night very unpleasant. And so I missed all of day one. I, uh, I oh. stayed, I stayed at, uh, at Jeremy's place just, uh, recovering. And it was, uh, it was not the way that you would want to spend, uh, uh, a day on vacation. <laughs> I was, I was getting a, a paid sick day. That wasn't a sick day. Um, but thanks to uh, Jeremy and his wife, uh, Naomi, they were very gracious and um, got me a couple of things from the store and kind of, you know, nursed me back to health. And uh, Saturday morning, I was not 100 percent, but I was, you know, enough that uh, we got in the car and we went down for uh, for two continentals. So that's that really was kind of like the first card game stuff that I that I had done all day or done that weekend. And that was uh, you said that was Friday. Saturday morning, Saturday was, morning. Yeah, was, okay. was two was two continentals. Yeah, I, I missed yeah. one continentals altogether. I understand that Kevin Yeager and his board 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 deck won, so not that that was surprising anybody. <laughs> what made you uh, What made you go with Romulans for uh, for for Tui? <laughs> well, a couple different reasons. Um, the last time I had actually played in Continentals was 2013. And that was at Gen Con, um, and that was the farthest I had ever advanced in something in, a, in one of the events that was that big. And I got to the semifinals, and I played against uh, Neil Timmons, and <laughs> we had both brought Romulan resource denial decks. I was kind of going for a different angle. Uh, the kind of standard far-seeing eyes go get rid of all of your exobiology and then lock you out with an exobiology wall so you can't do any of your missions. And uh, Neil's deck was focused on completely draining your hand and getting you stranded in space and then getting all the rest of the ships out of your deck so that you would be completely disabled and then he could run the rest the last half of the game. Uh, it worked pretty well on me, um, and I was just kind of, uh, you know, had my eyes opened and said, all right. So I kind of tucked that away in the back of my head. If I was ever going to play in a tournament that, you know, I needed some serious firepower, I might, uh, I might call that one up. So, um, I started looking at it after I had, you know, got the plane ticket, uh, tested it for a few weeks, uh, made some tweaks. Um, and I I think it would have done a little better in the second half of the uh, of the event, and uh, because it had it, while it was very good at uh, completely locking people out, I locked I think three people out, like completely disabled people, where it was their turn and they couldn't do anything. Uh, it had trouble capitalizing on that. I didn't actually finish two of those games were uh, were mod wins for my opponent because I couldn't get ahead of them on win conditions. Um, so had I played something a little speedier or uh, maybe just like, a, I mean, I had brought, I'd also brought Rainbow DS9 and uh, Matt Frid's speed uh, board deck. Um, so had I played one of those, might have had a little more success to make top four. And then I definitely would have played the Romulans and the, the top four uh, for the hand denial stuff. Uh, having witnessed uh, Mr. Yeager's uh, mastery of his uh, Borg assimilator uh, that seemed like a very 
disheartening deck to play against, and I would have really liked a chance to uh, to uh, be able to strip all the toys out and mm-hmm. see what he would have done for his plan, you know, B or then C or maybe you know th- then what. But uh, no, I had a good time, and um, yeah, uh, moral victories good, but they don't get you victory points, you know. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking just just glancing at the deck. 60 cards feels huge without... Did you have any downloading, or was it just... Uh... Oh, yeah. I mean, the, the the goal of the deck was to get Galgathon plus a commander uh-huh. out as early as possible to start the hand disruption. And I was doing that like clockwork. Uh, I had, you know, three different christenings. I had attacking. I had uh, three copies of Karis and Galgathon, and I also had... Um, a couple copies of How Would You Like to Romulus. And there was enough grease in the deck that I was able to um, go dig for stuff if I needed to. Um, and also to stall out the opponent. You know, um, there was one game, actually, my worst draw all day. I found three, <laughs> I found three copies of Saurus, the, uh, the, non, the non-unique guy where you can execute the order and put him underneath the deck and then he looks at your opponent's hand to take an interrupt or an event out and so i drew a card just thinking well if i get um galgathong or the commander okay i'm halfway there and i drew and i didn't get anything and i said well what if i happen to catch this guy with a handful of events or interrupts okay so i played all three (laughs) And then use the first one, and he only had one event in his hand. It's like, oh, all right, well, I still got two guys, and he doesn't have any toys, so okay, that's fine. Um, the deck was also using uh, Gateway Historical Research, and uh, that was another backdoor way. Although, more often, that would go get uh, Tal, who would then uh, team up with Karis to make sure they had an interrupt in their hands so that when you played your Romulan dude, then you would get to go download something out of your deck that you were needing to be more helpful, and then they would have something in their hand when you move Galgathon that they would discard. Um, I stranded Chris that way. I got him uh, de-staffed in space and then stripped the other ships out of his deck. Matt Curtin was the same way in the last game. He had uh, the Centaur out got stuck at his space mission and uh, had to discard the Ganges to a, a Galgathong. And for the rest of the game, I kept saying, well, okay, so how about Zoza? And he's like, no, don't have that one. Okay, how about uh, Bjorn's scout vessel? No, don't have that one. And so and he finally said, I don't have any other ships in my deck. I just can see it. It's like, all right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that, that, that guy, I mean, I can imagine back when it came out, there were only so many cards. Now you've got what double, maybe? Yeah, there's a there's a there's a, a fair bit more, and I was the the deck had the hardest time against Starfleet because it had enough disruption of its own if it ran uh, lustful distractions and uh, graph leading traps, and it, all of its toys now are all personnel. And if they're running Metron Arena, you can't do those away because they just come right back out. And uh, I was I was shocked that there was nobody playing new Starfleet on uh, at at Tuicon Nels. I actually almost built that deck and brought it because it's very strong. 
Very good. Did you get? <clears throat> I'm looking at your. You didn't get a chance to play Kevin's uh, TNG no. DS9. I was I was set up for it, and uh, and he and, and after the after he had won the whole thing, <laughs> I went up to congratulate him and just kind of gave him a wink, and I said, like, you know, you only won because you didn't have to play me, and he's like, yeah, I know, you were playing Rami and discard, and I was like, yeah, <laughs> he's like, yeah, I completely folded that deck, and he uh, he ended up he ended up conceding to uh, Jeremy Huth in the last round because Jeremy got ahead very very quickly with. Uh, androids he was playing androids at a ds9 and i was sitting right next to him and he kevin conceded like around 15 or 20 minutes into the game I'm just like, what i mean at that point he, he didn't care he was 5-0 and he was locked for the first seed in the or the top you know at going into he was sure. locked for the top four so he didn't care but uh yeah he's like yeah you're the first person in like 50 games to beat me <laughs> okay I would have really liked a chance to uh, to have, have faced off against that to uh, to because that was one of the decks I had on my radar and Roman Discard was a good matchup for. Right on. Well, uh, that was a pretty good field. Ten people, not bad. I mean, not bad for a tournament this 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 age, right? Yeah, I was I was actually. I mean, there there it seemed like there. The online buzz was, it seemed like there was going to be at least maybe 12 or even 16. And so, I mean, honestly, when we got there and there was, and there was only 10, it was, it was a little disappointing. However, the, the people in the field were pretty strong. So uh, I didn't have a single game where, you know, people weren't playing their decks to the best of their ability. So, I mean, it was, it was a very tough field. Um and uh, there's some, there was a little bit of luck involved, but I mean, most most of the people had an eye on the meta. They knew what they knew what uh, tricks they needed to dance around for dilemmas. And um, there were, I'm trying to think of the of the newer cards that have come out. Um, I got oh, I got smacked around with dragon's teeth. Oh man, that dilemma. <laughs> I had, I mean. The Romulan decks all all one and two cost guys anyway, aside from you know maybe Dato or Petal or Denatra. Um, and I had already used Denatra on, um, I think it, I think he played Necessary Execution and then Dragon's Teeth. So he's like, well, okay, use Denatra and then Dragon's Teeth. Oh well, yeah. there goes my five cost guy, and yeah, let's kill some people. <laughs> but uh, no, it's very very strong. Um, Trying to think of what other new stuff that was out there. Um, yeah, I mean that's that's pretty much the only like uh, newer dilemma that I can think of that I saw. Um, that's uh, that's one of the things that I don't do well is read, uh, you know, a meta going into a tournament. I usually, yeah, I just don't. I'm trying to pick, trying to find something that's different that I haven't played before, something that I want to play for a day long event. And beyond that, it's come come what may, you know. Uh, the the yeah. few times, the few times I've I've won a regional or something like that, it's because I happened to bring something that worked well. And it certainly, I can't claim any. <laughs> I can't claim yeah. any, any design on that. Yeah, I knew that. I knew most. Well, I said most of the field. I knew the a few of the major players going into the field, and I I did a little bit of you know past tournament research on them, kind of looked at what their play patterns were, and. Just kind of made a call based on that, and um, 
the I, I, I only got well the the first round we Nate and I got paired up. Yeah, naturally. I was gonna say how 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 loud was the sigh when you had to realize yeah. you're gonna pair up with someone from your local? <laughs> how loud was the sigh when we realized that Nate didn't have a buy after winning Masters? I was like, what? How does he not have a buy in a continent? Anyway, um, so. So uh, yeah, that was a, that was a little weird. Um, Nate continues to be uh, not only a good player, but uh, has the uh, alien gambling devices tucked away so he can alter the laws of probability. And uh, I I dodged getting any all consuming evils on him after I think about fifteen consumes. He didn't hit a one. Thanks. And uh, yeah, it was uh, it was pretty bad. And uh, I, I kept him on lock. I kept his hand empty, and he managed to do things like draw three cards, play Denatra, and then have alternate or not not play Denatra rather, but draw only three cards, play other things, and then have Denatra and an alternate identity in his hand together. You know, on the when I didn't when I wasn't able to keep it out of his hand in the same turn. So, um, you know, uh, it was, uh, it was, it was a beating and, uh, it was good that that happened in the first round. Uh, we were, there was also some kind of informal something or other that happened. I mean, and we, he told, I got a text from him when I turned my phone off of airplane mode when I landed and I was like, Nate, Nate texted you. We're on a tag team. What does that mean? And so then I looked at the four teams and had I managed to beat, uh, had, had I managed to finish the game against uh, Chris sounds to be, I think, I think we would have won on the day because I think uh, uh, Kevin and Kevin was paired up with Mark, who was my second round opponent. Um he was playing uh, Borg Solver, and he was one of the only guys I was not really able to lock out on the day. Mostly just I didn't have a read on him. I didn't know what kind of deck he was playing. You know, I, I kind of guessed a couple things with Karis early. Like, I didn't want to see knowledge and experience, and I didn't want to see uh, at what cost. And he wasn't really doing that stuff. He was just kind of uh, doing mega team Borg stuff, which, you know, I hadn't really seen or counted on, but. It was good enough to get him the mod win. So, um, but uh, yeah, I think we I think we missed the uh, the tag team just uh, just barely. So uh, no no belts for us. All right. Uh, so no one e fun for you. You played some two e. I see you played in the triples. Yes. No, you didn't play in the triples. I did actually. I, I played in the first round and I qualified for the second table. However, I uh, still needed to do some prep for the Excelsior playtest, so I, uh, my third place seat for the uh, round one, I managed to, uh, I, I went ahead and gave it to uh, the next guy down, which was uh, Steve Nelson. So ah, very good. Uh, he, got, he got to play, and I was furiously sticking sleeves and cards, and, and uh, we actually, after they were done, uh, Steve came back and uh, helped out sleeving uh sleeping up decks so we could be ready to go when the when the playtest started so it was good. it was a big thank you to steve and uh it was a uh, i'm glad that uh we got a chance to to actually have enough participants for that to make it worthwhile i'm looking at uh chris's uh his his triples deck and it looks like a pretty standard not a very big 
It's got some rescues, mostly rescues, a couple of poisons, some goes. A lot of classic. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't. I wasn't at the. I mean, I could. I wasn't paying attention to the, that table because I was occupied. Uh, from what I understand, um, and as please correct me if I'm wrong on the boards, if uh, if you have evidence to the contrary. I think the reason that he took the picture with his trophy with Nat in the frame was because they were, uh, you know, helping each other out in the last table and, and Chris managed to get ahead. So, you know, I mean, it's a, it's a community game, so you're, you're going to form alliances and, and that sort of thing anyway. Um, I mean, Kevin in a, in the, in the preliminary round, Kevin Yeager certainly, uh, use the fact that I, I was borrowing one of Jeremy's decks that had only ones and tens in it, and it was one go, one replay, and then toxins utilize and uh, poisons. So he was using that to his advantage. He was, you know, letting me stifle the next guy over, and I was, you know, feeding off of him. So we kind of helped each other out too. So, you know, it's that's what you do. It's That's one of the things that makes Tribbles fun. All right. Well, then that leads leads to Project Excelsior and the playtest. So, give me give us a little background for anyone who doesn't, you know, who hasn't been, who only listens to the show and has no idea what we're talking about. <laughs> so, Project Excelsior is something that's been in the works now, as a result of um, the findings of Project Awaken that Tyler Fultz's group did. Um, I'm gonna say more than a year ago now that. Started late 2015, they published findings in 2016, and right after that, internally we started working. After uh, Ross got promoted to brand manager, um, we started kind of uh, pitching ideas to what was the best way to uh, to put this awaken findings into into practice, so we could actually, you know start improving the, the community and making it easier for new players and kind of lowering the, um, the learning curve uh, of getting into TUI. Um, that was the, the first try at that was the objectives that were sort of, you know, they were like, well, yeah, those are okay, I guess. Um, so we kind of set those aside and just focused on the card pool itself because we knew that even without the objectives, that was going to kind of be the, core of what the new format was going to look like. Um, so the first playtest of that was at uh, U.S. Nationals in April, and uh, Maggie and uh, the Chicago guys uh, put a few of those decks together. I don't think they had an official like uh, playtest event like we had, but I know they got a few games in, and so we got a, we got a little bit of data from them. Um Richard New and I had been working on um, not only the card pool that the, the format would draw from, but also uh, what rules we could um, modify to, uh, you know, lower the barrier to entry and make it a little more friendly of a game, um, a little more fair of a game. Um, we mainly wanted to avoid abusive mechanics like prevent and overcome and spending extra counters and excessive downloading and stuff like that. And we made a whole list. And um, so whenever we were adding something to the card pool, we said we had to go down the list and say, okay, does it fall in, fall, fall any of these? Okay, no, that's fine. We can put it on there. Um, after Maggie's team had uh, gave us some feedback, we went ahead and uh, 
advanced to version two, which is the, uh, the version that we sent to Jeremy for him to go ahead and print out decks for uh, Continental's playtest. And uh, we had eight people, well, seven people plus me. We had eight. We had we we got to use all eight decks. We use we we made a, there's four headquarters in the 400 card pool right now, and we made two copies of four different decks, uh, one for each headquarters. And they were pretty middle of the road. Um, TNG Solver, uh, Ferengi kind of meddling around with stuff, uh, a little bit of Klingon treachery battle kind of stuff, and then a, a Romulan interference pile that's trying to hang out at missions and interfere with stuff. What were, um, the, what were the Ferengi doing if uh, getting extra counters aren't in the mix? Um, they're just doing stuff like getting extra draws and putting stuff under Ferenginar and, you know, getting to uh, kind of the early stuff. None of the, none of the uh, you know, play equipment for free and then treasure collectibles and all that. Um, but, um, yeah, a lot of, some, some skill gaining. Um, there, we put the two uh, early rules, Rule 6 and Rule 76, where you can just stop, stop guys to draw cards yeah, and then okay. bounce the events. And it's, right. Um, and <clears throat> while we definitely got some feedback that Ferengi were probably, if we were going for, you know, easier barrier to entry, Ferengi were probably not the way that we want to go. Um, that TNG and Klingon definitely were okay as far as that went. Uh, we had everybody play two games where they used the starter deck as uh, provided, and then we had uh, those those decks used about sixty percent of the pool, all all told, put together. The other part of the pool that we didn't have in those decks, we printed. We had some of those available, so that between games you come to the desk and you you know pick which ones you want and she could edit your deck in between games and um i think universally people felt a lot better after the second game they're like okay well and that was really what we were looking for was how how do we change these to make them you know more fun for people more accessible um and i actually i i uh i played the romulan interference deck and um it's funny because i had written that deck and I, I don't know if I had just forgotten that we forgot that we didn't put Harriet and harassed in the pool. That that that's the dilemma that kind of makes once in, once under the breach work because it guarantees that you're going to have a ship at their space mission. Uh, but anyway, we didn't, and once under the breach was in the dilemma piles, and <laughs> I could never make it work. And the, I heard the other Romulan guy saying the same thing. He's like, "This is uh, this is useless. I can't do anything with it because I keep moving away." So uh, I think we both took out the uh, the once into the breaches, and uh, once we had kind of uh, retooled the Romulans into something a little more conventional, just kind of more of a straight up solver with a little bit of um, like hand disruption, and like Terrace was in there when she gets when she used her skill to finish a mission, and you can take a card out of their hand. Um, a little more incidental stuff like that. They worked a lot better. Um, the second game was was much more successful. And uh, big thanks to uh, all those guys who came out for the playtest. And uh, Ken Tufts was there, and uh, he got to—he was playing his—he uh, got to play the Klingons against me. And uh, we made copious notes that uh, will be incorporated into version three, which is due out 
after uh, we have our San Diego playtest in two weeks on the 30th, which is two weeks from yesterday. Uh, we're going to have a playtest at Arby's, and it's just it's not really a tournament. It's come out. Uh, if you don't have a deck, we'll have the playtest decks there, and we'll have the extra stuff. So if you want to just uh, customize beforehand or bring your own, because the card pool is up on the uh, on the article so uh people can build their own decks and and bring those um and we're just and it's not we're not you know trying to stratify any kind of uh, bracket or anything we're just looking for playtest data for uh you know how people are liking it what they think needs to be added or taken away or um, what rules work and don't um we we pretty much came to the conclusion because right now in the rules we're stealing uh the infinite diversity rule of on your first turn, you can spend three and download a ship. Mm-hmm. Um, also in the rules right now, there is a mulligan variant where you can, uh, if you don't like your hand before you start, you can shuffle it back in and draw seven new cards. Uh, and you can do that up to three times, but each time you do it, you spend one less counter on the first turn. And, Pretty much every time, like I tried it, I tried it once or twice, and it it took up more time, which that was contrary to what we were trying to do with the format. We're trying to make it faster, and um, or multiple mulligans would take more time than it would on a first turn to just go download a ship for three counters. So we said, well, you're going to look through your deck at least once. Just leave it at that because the rules are already established. It's familiar for, you know, players because they're, they're doing infinite diversity. So we said, okay, well, so the mulligan rule, unless there's a lot of uh, evidence to the contrary, I think will probably be on its way out for version three, but we're, uh, we're not quite there yet. Um, we're going to see if we can get any more uh, feedback uh, externally. And then uh, the San Diego uh, July 30 uh, session will be our kind of final cut for uh, version three. Version three will be debuted, uh, or I should say 0.3, will be debuted at uh, Worlds in October. And we'll have a, another public playtest session there. Uh, I'm hopefully going to be there. Uh haven't uh, finalized that yet, but um, I do have the plane ticket available. I haven't booked it, booked the flight yet, but I've got uh, got enough frequent flyer points. I can I can make that happen. Uh, even if I don't make it out there, we're going to send the decks with uh, somebody who goes and uh, the the playtest decks and uh, not only the ones that we already have for version point two, we'll have the modifications for the pool in version 0.3. And we're also adding two more affiliations to kind of model what the eventual desire for Excelsior as a rotating card pool will be that periodically you'll add different HQs to the pool and that'll kind of change the meta and give you a different balance of power. Um, So people who got a chance to play at, Continentals. Now they show up at Worlds, and there's a little bit different flavor going on. Um, so yeah, that's uh, and then after Worlds, we'll have uh, one more round of kind of uh, cleanup of the rules. We're going to finalize those with organized play, and then uh, 
organized plays on board to make uh, Excelsior sanctionable uh, starting in November. So that'll be legal for league play. And uh, that's, that's towards our goal of eventually replacing Academy. So we're excited about that. And uh, I've got the creative team going crazy as far as uh, we're going to have um, sort of contrived storylines to support what's going on in the card pool. Um, we'll kind of give you a, uh, we'll give you six week updates. Uh, the pool will update every three months. So Ooh. the, uh, the, the entry article will be maybe like the week before the pool releases or updates that will say, okay, here's the results of last time. And, you know, if the Klingons have been marauding, it'll be who can stop their reign of terror. And, you know, then in come the, Starfleet or, you know, Dominion or whatever. And, uh, you know, so it just says a little bit of flavor add for that. Um, the rotations will be based in part on tournament results, but also direct uh, player feedback. Uh, we're going to have a forum devoted for it so that anybody who's interested in the format can get involved in the discussion. And then uh, we, we're really just trying to make it the best we can for uh, the people who are interested in it. I'm not. I, I said this at the at the playtest on Saturday. I'm not really married to any of the uh, conventions that we've, you know, put in the document right now. I'm just. I just want it to work. <laughs> so if there's something that is in there that not pe- people think we can tweak and make a little bit better, I'm all for that. I just want uh, a format that's going to be fun and interesting, and maybe get some older players back into Tui who are you know kind of tired of seeing the same you know abusive cards um and playing still playing constructed but in more of a curated kind of pool um you said, also, uh, you said you're going to add two affiliations does that bump up the 400 card pool to 600 or something like that yes yes the the eventual um what the the model right now is that when excelsior starts in november there will there will be four headquarters like there is now uh and then November through February, when Feb- when February's update happens, then there will be six. And then when May's update happens, there will be a maximum of eight headquarters. So that when uh, May, June, July, August, when August's update happens, uh, there will actually be two headquarters that will leave. And two new headquarters will replace them. And the headquarters that leave will be determined by how did they, how, you know, in the last nine months, what, what have, what's been in the lower third, what's been, what's been successful, you know, to play into the storyline expectation of these guys have been slowly eradicating, you know, making room for more stronger species. And so, you know, then you bring in the next, um, the next headquarters. That is not to say that those headquarters will not return later, perhaps with different uh, different themes, different themes or specialties for the, for their, for their headquarters. Right. So you might see, you know, if TNG solver now and later you might see TNG battle, or you might see Ferengi counters, maybe just for three months. Uh, the, the, the other benefit of having three month windows is that if something is terrible, it will only be terrible for three months before we can change it. So <laughs> I mean, that could be that could be three tournaments, right? I mean, if you play once a month. Sure, and the 
the the the desire is that there's never going to be uh, there's never going to be stuff added to the pool that directly contra- contradicts what the the goals of the format are. You know, quicker games, uh, less abusive stuff, easier entry. Um, so as we focus on that stuff, um, the desire is that if the if the format does show success, perhaps we can get a little more you know uh, fancy as the as the time goes on. But I mean, for at least the first year, we're just going to be focusing on trying to make games the best we can, quickest, and uh, yeah, trying to get the community re reinvolved with uh, making the format good. All right. Well, one last question. That's uh, who, who's the team? What, what team are you working with for this? Uh, well, like I said, Richard New uh, formulated the initial card pools that we used for the play test. Um, we've got interdepartmental uh, cooperation right now. Uh, we've been talking with uh, Ken Tufts on organized play. Uh, Ross is involved. Um, I'm sort of the point man for it as far as um, actually producing the documents and making the final calls on what cards make it in and not. Um, I've also been gathering all the just the playtest data. Uh, I am interested in adding a team member or two. So if you are interested, please shoot me a, a PM on the message boards and uh, we can chat. But uh, everything right now is very informal. We're just trying to uh, get everything on the board, and uh, we're still in the process of just collecting data right now. So as we get closer to November and we actually need to put people on a team, um, we'll, uh, that'll be a more formal process that'll be on the, the TrekCC main page. Right on. Well, uh, it has the advantage of making deck construction easier because you have less options. Um, so that's right away something that would entice me to come back for a, a two-week tournament um so i look forward to it um i think i'm going to be unfortunately out of town in two weeks uh but we'll see what we, we can come up with um and also is there anything going on at gen con playtest for the small group of people coming out there um there's nothing on the schedule as far as i know uh i'm gonna see uh do you know offhand who's running the events out there uh nope is that you Charlie, oh, okay. me, Charlie, I guess. <laughs> All right, I'll uh, I'll double check and uh, see who's who's uh, running any because uh, I mean they're they're great demo decks too. If you if, sure. uh, just you know you set people in front and the, the the decks that we made were there weren't minimal size but they were pretty small. Uh, one of the format rules that we have right now is there's a hundred card limit on a deck, so including the five missions, that's a maximum of ninety five cards between your deck and your dilemma pile. Uh, to, again, give you a hard cap as far as the, the length of time that a game will go. Yeah. Um, the okay. other, the dilemmas, most of the dilemmas will actually have their effect and then go underneath the mission. So that also, that's one of the things we have in mind when we want to shorten game length. We don't want hard time. We don't want stuff that doesn't go in underneath your mission. We want the game to advance. Sure. Okay. Sounds good. Well, I'll be around uh, to do any playtesting night. Usually we do some kind of playtesting on Wednesday night before the con starts, so maybe we can get something together back at uh, the Granite. Is that the place where we go to? Anyway. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll make sure I send the decks with you. Yeah, uh, that'd be fun. That'd be great. I think last year we did some uh, some 22nd century Starfleet Klingon pair-ups, and uh, 
and mirror pair of. So maybe we can get some Tui this time. That'd be entertaining. Yeah, that'd be great. All right, excellent. Well, Matt, thanks again for your time. I appreciate you stepping in for uh, Rogue, who is uh, sewing away, and hopefully he will be recovered from the weeks of preparation and the days of the actual Comic-Con so that in a week we'll be able to have him back on and uh, and get some get some insights about Comic-Con and what's been going on with him. But until then, uh, thanks again for joining me, and I will wrap up. Thanks, uh, expand your power in the universe, and I will draw to end. You cannot hide and you cannot defect But they are always